Blog Talk Radio. This is psychic medium Erica Bucerhaney, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Stay parafabulous. Hi, this is Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And ghost huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're you're listening listening to ghost host, host, Sophia Temporelli. And Michael Perry. And we're here... Hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly Paranormal.com. Weekly, weekly at LiveParanormal.com. <laughs> this is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to ghost host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books, and you're listening to the ghost host Sophia on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. All right, it's the ghost host show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Uh, feel free to jump into the chat room. It only takes a second to get an avatar, and you're part of the LP family. And as well, feel free to call into the show, 347-202-0316. And congratulations, Sophia, on over 12 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com and now on GhostHunting.com and, and just added the speaker, too. So congratulations, Sophia. 
and a great show today. Thank you, Rob Zurek, for providing this format each and every week and to all of our moderators. Thank you guys for patching us through at live events when we had no internet feed. Thank you guys so much. Today, we welcome Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours host, SD Spooky Adventures show founder, Spirit Paranormal CEO, Centered Life Holistic founder, SoCal Culinary Reviewer, Life Coach, Reiki Healer, Psychic Medium Reader, and my Paranormal Life Growing Up Psychic and Dream Journal by Centered Life Holistic author Janine Haynes. Everyone, visit HauntedSanDiegoTours.com, the Centered Life Medium Janine H. GoDaddySites.com, Twitter at HauntedSDGhosts, Janine Haynes' book, My Paranormal Life Growing Up Psychic and Dream Journal, too, as well, available on Amazon.com. Uh, upcoming, we have a paranormal investigator and dark raven photography founder. This will be next weekend, the 7th, Drew Babineau, Dartmouth film and media professor, and Ghost Channel's author, Amy Lawrence. This should be interesting coming up on the 21st. Also author, Ghost Adventures producer, lecturer Jeff Belanger will be on the program on the 4th of November. Ronyak Paranormal Investigators, Ron Yacobetti and Lourdes Gonzalez will be returning to the show on the 11th of November. You don't want to miss any of these upcoming shows. We have an amazing Halloween season coming up with guests. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. And as well, for Christmas, support the vendors here on Live Paranormal. So if you're getting Grandma a mail meter for Christmas or something, do it here on LiveParanormal.com and ghosthunting.com as well. Check out the membership packages. They start as low as $2.99 a month. And Rob Sirk, the site founder, he's great at rewarding the members here. So autograph books by some of your favorite paranormal authors and various things. He's great to everyone. Tonight on Live Paranormal, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, Beyond the Screen and Ghostlight Radio, as well as monthly Mondays right here. Chip Coffee of Amy's Paranormal State, Psychic Kids, Kindred Spirits, he's here monthly, as well as Ben Hansen, Amy Goodwin, David M. Roundtree, Stefan Brigatti, Andy and Michelle Kopic, Ken Gearhard, and many more on this very network. Archive shows, if you miss anything, they're available as free MP4 iTunes downloads on the homepage of Live Paranormal. And Sophia, congratulations on over 12 years of broadcasting here. Thank you. I can't believe it's been 12 years. I know you're doing a fantastic job. You've helped a lot of people with your show, you know, over the years. And so congratulations, Sophia, on that. But you got these, you got the Instagrams, the Twitters, all these things. Where can people find you? I'm on Instagram, at Sophia Tembrelli, and Twitter, at Sophia Tembrelli with one L, because, yeah, you gave me a pretty long name. So, got to take a look at you a long name. So, just, just drop an L in temporarily and you'll be able to find Sophia. Tell us about your guest. Today, we welcome Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours host, SD Spooky Adventures show founder, Spirit Paranormal CEO, Reiki healer, psychic medium, author, Janine Hayes. Everyone visit hauntedsandiegotours.com, Twitter at hauntedsdghost. Janine Hayes' books are also available on amazon.com. Um, let's welcome her to the show. Janine, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today. Hi. Thank you for having hey, me. Hey, thank you. So thank much. you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. To start off, um, I mean, you do, I mean, so much with your ghost tours and stuff, but what kind of initially sparked your interest in the paranormal? 
So I've actually been a medium and communicating with ghosts from the time I was 18 months old. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I actually have memories of being that age. And so, um, you know, having this be a normal part of my life and being a fan of history, it all kind of just came together. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot to experience that from such a young age. Has it always just been natural for you, or were you ever scared when you were younger dealing with your abilities? It's actually quite interesting because um, a lot of times when I see spirits, even at a young age, I see them how they died, which would scare many people. But for some reason, it just was natural for me. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the first spirit you saw? Um, I know you said when you were 18 months, but was it like a family member or just a random spirit that you encountered? So it was my great-grandmother. She, she passed about the time I was eight, 18 months old, and um, she just continued to come and see me um, after her passing. Well, I'm sure that's helpful, though, too, to have a family member be the first individual to come through for you. Um, so it wasn't just, you know, a strange person that you were seeing. Yeah, definitely a little bit uh, less scary having it be a family member. So I know you said you see the spirits um, as they they died, um, but do you see them as more like kind of they're standing in front of you like a normal person, or are they a pictured image for you? Um, and how are you able to receive the communications? Um, do you kind of just know what they want to tell you, or are they kind of, you know, just like sending words to you? So it varies from spirit to spirit. Um, some come in very clear. Um, they look just like I have a regular person standing in front of me. Um, and depending mm -hmm. on their their strength, um, some of them are a little bit more opaque, but quite often they're they're solid. And then for communication, it, it kind of varies also between spirits. So sometimes they'll just talk to me. Um, other times I'll get like what I call flashcards that flash in my head. So it's like pictures of things that give mm -hmm. me hints as to what they're trying to say. So I know obviously you started experiencing this is at a very young age, but do other family members also possess this ability? Um, and how did your family deal with you growing up with these abilities? So I do have quite a line of people who are sensitive in my family. My brother and myself have the strongest gift out of all of them, but even my mm -hmm. grandmother, my mom, and my sister also have some gifts as well. It was interesting because my dad would kind of just off. My mom never really said one way or the other whether it was mm -hmm. normal. Um, so I was, you know, a little confused, especially when I got a little bit older as to, you know, why other people weren't experiencing what I was experiencing. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's good that, you know, your mom kind of, just, I can relate to that. Um, living in a haunted house, my dad was like, no, there's no ghosts there. Um, he thinks differently on that now after our experiences, but my mom at first definitely wasn't telling me I was wrong. So, I mean, it's nice that you had that where you weren't just being shut down completely. Yes, definitely. I, I do wish, though, that she had said, hey, you know, I experienced this too so that I felt a little bit more secure in what was going on, but she didn't want to encourage me either direction. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. Um, and were you reading books growing up to develop your abilities, or was that kind of just a learn-as-you-go situation? How did you progress in your development? It was pretty much a learn-as-you-go type situation. Um, you know, at mm -hmm. a certain point, it was almost like a bus station, just ghosts coming in and out, in and out. Um, and I had to learn over time that I kind of had control over saying, like, okay, by the way, when my hair is in a ponytail, you can't communicate with me. I'm busy. Or, you know, stay out of my bedroom, stay out of my bathroom, that type of thing. But it, it did take definitely some time to learn as I went how to control it. For sure. I mean, that's so much to take on at such a young age. Um, I mean, it's good that other family members were also, you know, having abilities. So you had someone to talk to. Because uh, I know, you know, like you said, it's not just a normal thing people go through. So it's not something you can just walk up to a stranger on the street and, you know, ask for advice or talk about your experiences with. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, but what advice would you give to someone who's currently going through that? Because um, obviously, you know, the paranormal is such a great field, but there are so many people not in the paranormal that are also kind of struggling with abilities. I would definitely say to, you know, reach out to someone who's close to you and just kind of open up and, sh and share with them. I, I was very quiet in the beginning about what was going on, but I did find some really good friends that, you know, didn't have abilities, but they were willing to you know, kind of be that backboard for me to vent about what I was going mm -hmm. through and, you know, just let me know that they believed me and that, you know, it was okay. Definitely. But I, um, and I what, would also say if you could find somebody who does have the gift that is trustworthy, mm -hmm. that is, you know, validated or verified, maybe reach out to them as well so they can share some of their experience and what they've learned along the way with you. For sure. I mean, it's definitely helpful, you know, being able to talk to someone with those abilities. Um, like you said, as, you know, learning as you go, uh, I've talked to so many psychics who had to learn the same thing, how to be able to kind of shut off their abilities at certain times or, you know, just be able to not have such an influx of spirits coming at them. So I think that's probably one of the hardest things to learn um, on your own. So being able to get advice from someone who's already done that would be so helpful. Yeah, definitely super helpful because, you know, in the beginning, especially if you start to experience things as a young child, you don't realize that you can control it. You just think it's what it is, right? So learning mm -hmm. from somebody else who's been there that you can actually control it is is definitely helpful for your well-being. Yeah, I couldn't imagine just, you know, walking around and seeing spirits everywhere. Um, that would be a lot, especially, you know, just having them come into your personal space, which is your home. I lived in a haunted house, but the ghosts were really kind of confined to that space. They weren't just, you know, seeing a psychic and going, oh, hey, I can communicate. So uh, that's like a lot different when you're having, you know, just as you said, that bus station of spirits. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of like a beacon. So they see that light and they're like, hey, mm -hmm. you can see me or, oh, you can hear me. And then they, they all want to kind of come and, and get whatever their message is out to you. Definitely. I mean, that's completely understandable, too, on the ghost end, um, finally finding someone that they can communicate with. But as a person still living in this realm, it's like, hey, uh, I got other stuff to do. 
Yeah, my main thing was like, okay, guys, I'm at work. <laughs> I can't be talking to you yeah. right now. Definitely. Um, but how did you go from having this ability to kind of immersing yourself into the world of the paranormal, doing ghost tours, um, you know, hosting stuff, founding stuff? How did that start for you from just, you know, dealing with this on a daily basis to actually becoming involved within the field? So for me, when I hit about high school age, I kind of pushed a lot of it off and did not want to communicate at all. Um, and so mm-hmm. I went years where, like, I really just refused to communicate with the other side. But I did have an experience in Old Town, San Diego, where I was tugged on by a little girl spirit, and uh, she followed me home and was communicating through a radio. And I was at an older age at this point, and so I was a little bit more open about what I was experiencing with some of my friends, and I decided that, you know, if you're given a gift like this, it's definitely something that you were meant to use, and so I decided to start my businesses, SC Spooky Adventures and Satellite Holistic, um, to be able to help other people. Um, through Center Life, I'm a life coach and a Reiki healer, and um, I use my gift to communicate with the other side to get what the person needs when I'm life coaching them. Um, I do feel like it's better to be able to connect with their spirit guides and get them right onto the proper path that they should be on. Um, So it just kind of naturally flowed into that one. And then, of course, with the ghost tours, I've always loved history. So learning the history of my city was something that I already was doing. And if I could do Mm -hmm. that and give them some of the ghost stories along the way and the ghosts that I've experienced, that makes it even more fun. Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing how much stuff in your city that you don't really notice or something you could walk by every day you don't realize the history of until you start digging. Yeah, and like our um, Old Town San Diego is a hotbed for spiritual activity, so we have the world-famous Whaley House there. So, of course, that's someplace that they take us when we're kids on field trips. And I had all those paranormal experiences as a kid in these locations. But the the history itself is so amazing that I wanted to be able to share both. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, it's incredible just how many places are haunted, um, too, in your city when you actually look at stuff. you know, when you grow up in a location, you may not notice all the hot spots or really what happened there um, and look at it from, you know, the side of the coin of the afterlife and stuff until you, you know, either take a ghost tour or really sit down to, you know, have an experience. Yes, and, and for people who come to San Diego and, and on my tours, it's kind of nice that we have these you know, very active locations that we can take people into because then, you know, someone who might be on the fence on what there is after this life gets to, or often gets to have an experience that they can't explain, which is kind of a lot of fun to see them kind of change their mindset on the paranormal. Absolutely. And with your tours, can you walk us through some of the locations the guests might go to on the tour? So I get tours both in Old Town and our gas lamp quarter. And with the gas lamp, it's a kind of cool location because it's 16 short blocks. The man who created Alonzo Horton uh, was smart as a businessman. So he knew that shorter blocks meant more corner lots, which went for more money. So it's 
16 short blocks, but there's a total of, I believe, 96 historic buildings in that short location. Mm -hmm. And so we go to some of the most um, well-known haunted places like the um, Heath Davis Horton House or at our Gas Lamp Museum, um, the Horton Grand Hotel, which is also very well-known to be haunted. Um, we also have the U.S. Grant Hotel and the Balboa Theater over on 4th Avenue, both very well-known to be haunted. But we also hit some of the less-known locations, like there's a Ghirardelli's ice cream shop that has ghosts inside it. Uh, with Old Town, of course, we do hit the Whaley House and the El Campo Santo Cemetery um, that is there. But we also go up into a place called Heritage Park. And Heritage Park mm -hmm. has beautiful Victorian buildings that were slated to be demolished, but a nonprofit was able to save them. And all of them, except for one, have hauntings inside them. So you get to see the beautiful architecture, hear their beautiful past, but you also get to hear the really cool ghost stories that go along with them. I mean, that's awesome. Um, those sound like great locations. Um, what would you say is your favorite location to visit on the tour? And what of all the research you've done is the most interesting fact that you found? So for me, if I was in Old Town, I would have to say that it is the Sherman Gilbert house. Um, I love it because the haunting there is somebody playing a piano while somebody else sings, and I'm a singer myself. Um, and it's very mm -hmm. active. The, the building is quite active. Um, and then if we were to do the gas lamp, I would have to say that he's Davis Horton House or our gas lamp museum. Um, Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours is the exclusive team that actually has keys to take our guests inside this building. And it is actually a little bit more haunted, in my opinion, than the Whaley House is, which, you know, the Whaley House has that title of being the most haunted in the U.S. But uh, I think that the gas lamp museum is just slightly a little bit more active. That's awesome that you have that, I mean, exclusive rights to go investigate a place is always exciting and being able to, you know, really experience the differences in locations around San Diego is such a unique and cool experience to have. Yeah, I think it's, it's great. And for our guests, it's something that, you know, they can go back and say, hey, I got to go experience this and, and not everybody actually gets to do that. And as you were saying, uh, while hosting tours, um, you know, some people have experiences that really change their perspective. What is one experience that really stands out to you that you've personally had on a tour? And what is one story you've heard from a guest that, you know, really changed their perspective and outlook on the paranormal? So for me, I go into this, this gas map museum with my group all the time. But I have to actually deactivate the alarm, turn on lights before I let them in, and then up on the way out, I get everybody out, and then I have to go back through, turn off the lights, and reactivate this alarm. And we make sure that, you know, before we leave the area, the alarm does not go off, that it's been set properly. Now, I've actually had a couple times where the spirits of the house did not want us to leave. So we would stand outside. I've already set the alarm. I'm showing them photos that were captured inside the home, and I go to put the key in the gate to let everybody out, and the alarm goes off inside the house. Now, one evening, it went off a total mm -hmm. of four times, but what really got me is once I went back inside to call the alarm company to let them know that I was going to reset the alarm, that we're not sure, 
sure quite why it went off. I asked her, I said, did I put the code in wrong or something? And she said, no, it's the window upstairs. And as she said that, I could hear somebody pacing back and forth in that room above me. Wow. And so uh, that night it went off four times. So finally I let the guests go. I went back inside and just said, hey, guys, it's getting kind of late. I will be back with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But for now I'm going to set the alarm and I'm, I'm going to go home. And they finally did stop playing with the alarm system. Yeah, that's crazy to have happen. And the alarm company, I'm sure, is like, how does this keep happening? Um, so, yeah. I'm sure they see some weird stuff, that. too. Yeah, definitely. But them being able to isolate it, too, to exactly where the alarm was set off um, is not only helpful for you, but also, I mean, just crazy for them to know, like, hey, if, yeah, this is a location where there's activity and this, no one knows why this is happening. Yeah, sometimes it's at the point where she's like, you know what, if it goes back off again, we'll just turn it off manually here. You don't have to keep coming back in because they just, they just know it's, it's going to be an active location and the alarm's going to do yeah. what the alarm's going to do. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, that's funny for the alarm people. Um, and how about one story you've heard from um, someone who's taken the tour? So same location, our Gaslamp Museum, and uh, we have this parlor area where the woman had kept patients because she actually ran a hospital out of the home for a while. And so for some reason in that room, we do get a lot of apparitions that show up in photos, especially if you take a picture in front of this one mirror that's hanging there. For some reason, these selfies that are taken in front of that mirror pop up with apparitions throughout the room. So I've had a couple guests, as we're, you know, finishing up, I've set the alarm, we're getting ready to go out the gate, they're looking through their photos, and they open them up. Now, in different sections of the room, you'll see these weird squiggly green lines in your photo, but when you enlarge Mm -hmm. them, it's a little girl with blonde hair and pigtails, and sometimes she's sitting on a picture frame, sometimes she's sitting on a table across the room, but she definitely pops up in a lot of guest photos and uh, definitely shocks them when they see it. Yeah, that would definitely be surprising if you're just taking a selfie and there's a ghost there. Um, Do you know who the spirit of the little girl is? We are unsure, but we do know know that the house has been many things over the years, um, including that hospital, which was kind of more of a hospice. Most of the people who went in there did not make it out alive. Um, but it was also mm-hmm. a boarding house, and it was even military barracks at one point in time. So I'm assuming she was probably there during the time that people were dying of scarlet fever in that hospital. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, it's great she's able to stay around and kind of mess with people because I'm sure a little kid ghost, that would probably be the most fun thing to do is like, hey, I'm in a selfie too. I find one of the most interesting things, too, is a lot of our locations that we go to, the uh, child spirits like to haunt the kitchens. And I always joke around that, you know, kids in life are always looking for a snack, and I guess they are even in the afterlife. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I would do. I've joked about haunting an In-N-Out or something because I just that want to be around awesome. food. So, so, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. That would, 
Yeah, I would definitely haunt a Mexican restaurant, that's for sure, too. But then I don't know, like, it would it make me sad that I can't eat the food? It's, it's the whole thing. But uh, that definitely makes sense for little kids. Um, I do know we have to take a quick commercial break, though, but we'll be right back with more questions. It's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. And, uh, yeah, today we welcome Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours host, SD Spooky Adventure Show founder, Spirit Paranormal CEO, Center Life Holistic founder, SoCal Culinary Reviewer, Life Coach, Reiki Healer, Psychic Medium Reader, and my Paranormal Life Growing Up Psychic and Dream Journal uh, by Center Life Holistic author Janine Haynes. Everyone visit HauntedSanDiegoGhostTours.com, the Centered Life Medium JanineH.GoDaddy.Sites.com, and uh, Twitter at uh, HauntedSDGhosts, and Janine Haynes' book, My Paranormal Life and Dream Journal, that are offered available at Amazon.com. The Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with the most Sophia Temporelli, only on LiveParanormal.com. Hey, this is Rick Hayes, the psychic medium, life consultant, author, and lecturer. And you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Believe. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files, and you're listening to ghost host <laughs> Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself into your mix of, of voiceovers now. I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break. Yeah, the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Late edition of the show, but feel free to call in 347-202-0316. That's 347-202-0316. And I have our guest links in the chat room, too. I'm having a little delay. That usually means a lot of people are tuned in, uh, opening up the mics here. Sophia, I have yours open. Janine, trying to open yours as well. Janine, um, it, as, through the course of the show, is there anything you get or sense that, or receive anything regarding Sophia? No, sir. Oh, have you received anything or getting impressions regarding Sophia through the course of the show? You know, I actually uh, pulled my hair back to not to not connect just so that I wouldn't be distracted today. Oh, okay. 
I mean, that's really cool that that um, works with just pulling your hair back. Um, it's definitely interesting that that's kind of a signal to mm-hmm. the spirits. Uh, did that take a while for them to understand that? So pretty much what I did was I connected with my spirit guides and I said, look, um, you know, I, I can't have um, constant connection with spirit. I'm going to pull my hair back in a ponytail and this is going to be a cue for you guys to kind of be my bouncers and say, okay, not open for business and just kind of mm-hmm. keep them out for me. And it's worked very well. It, it actually worked pretty much immediately. That's amazing. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I'm not psychic, so I'm not too sure how the spirit guide thing works. Um, but it, that's interesting that they kind of work as it almost sounds like a liaison for you um, with the spirit world. Yeah, especially like when I'm connecting with spirits that are not known to me, like you don't know what mm-hmm. they are or who they are. So you just kind of want to protect yourself. So I kind of put them as the middleman in there. That's interesting. Are the spirit guides that people you are related to, or are they kind of random? Because I know for some psychics, it's just a, a random spirit that they kind of have. I think for most people, they're probably just random spirits because um, mine are kind of a mix, eclectic. There's five that I communicate on a pretty regular basis, but my main guide that I use for most everything is a Native American woman. That's really cool. Um, and I know earlier in the show that you were saying you do Reiki too. For the audience that isn't familiar with Reiki, can you explain how that works in your process while using it? Yeah, so for Reiki, it is energy healing. I um, connect with Archangel Michael and have him come in to help me with my healing. Um, and then I kind of scan your body with my hand, and I can feel fluctuations in the energy, differences in uh, temperatures. Um, the energy coming off of you might, you know, uh, blip in certain areas, and that can kind of tell me where you need healing. And then I just kind of pull in energy and begin to push it through your body to uh, heal what needs to be healed in my client. Amazing that you get that. When you feel that, what does the kind of problem area feel like to you? So it kind of depends on what it is. Like sometimes if I'm Mm -hmm. moving through your body, I'll feel the vibrations of your energy coming off of you, but I'll feel it change. So like it'll either be slower or Mm -hmm. faster or almost non-existent in certain areas. Um, Depending on what is wrong with the client, it can feel warm or cold also in those areas. And as I'm scanning, I also begin to see, like, colors, color variations. And so if I see darker uh, masses over where the colors would be, I know that that's an area that needs work. How long did Reiki take you to initially learn? Um, So I went through courses, and it took me about six months to get everything down. But I was already kind of a natural healer before I learned the technique. Well, that's really awesome you're able to help people through Reiki um, and, you know, also help people kind of learn about the paranormal through your tours. Um, obviously, you're very busy, um, so I can see why you have to tell the ghost to kind of, you know, give you a break sometime. Um, but you are also an author. If you want to tell the audience about the books you've written um, and where they can find them. So I am the author of My Paranormal Life, Growing Up Psychic. 
Um, book two is actually coming out this October, so keep your eyes out for that. They're both going to be on Amazon. Book two is going to be called My Paranormal Life, Ghosts Don't Stay Boo. Um, I also have written some uh, dream journals, um, gratitude journals as well. Well, that's awesome that you've written those books um, to help people, you know, understand more about you and the field. Um, what does the dream journal contain um, for people interested in reading it? So the dream journal is just prompted to help you make your way through either a prayer session or a meditation session um, and write down what you had in those dreams the night before or what you've recalled from having meditation or your prayer session and just kind of work your way through it. I believe it's this way actually helps people to start to realize that they have more gifts than they realize because many people mm -hmm. actually receive visitations from spirit in their sleep. And sometimes what they're telling us in those dreams or what we're seeing in those dreams are clues as to things that we need to do or take action with in our life. Yeah, I mean, that is the really interesting thing about dreams is how, you know, well, I've had, you know, dreams that turned out to be kind of deja vu. And uh, so it's incredible just how much your dreams can tell you about yourself. Um, but they can be hard to decipher, too, when, you know, you have a weird dream and you really don't know what that means. Yeah, it's really cool. There's a lot of great, uh, you know, dream books out there that kind of give typical things that each symbol or thing that could happen in your dream could mean. Um, I do dream interpretations for some of my clients as well um, because I have that connection to their guide so I can take the symbols and give them a better, you know, more narrowed down idea of what the dream was trying to tell them. But as you said, uh, I also, as a kid and, and still to this day sometimes have dreams that come true later. The difference is I typically dream in color. And as soon as I have mm -hmm. a black and white dream, that's when I wake up and just start writing everything down because the ones that are black and white typically come true to some extent within a few weeks. I think the really interesting thing about dreams, too, is I always heard that, you know, when you're asleep, you can tell you're in a dream um, if, you're, if you can't read something. Um, but I haven't had that problem. Like, I seem to be able to read in my sleep and um, not like books, but like if there's like a sign or something. Um, so it's just interesting how, you know, dreams are really unique to the person. Like you said, you dream in color, but when something's important, it's in black and white and um, trying to just navigate um, your individual dreams with also kind of repetitive signs where people ha uh, feel like they're falling off a cliff or their teeth are falling out. And those usually are kind of those signs that people can tell since so many people have them. Yeah, definitely like warning signs that something needs to, to change in your life or, you know, or things are about to change, be prepared, that type of thing. I also, you know, I tell people that when you wake up from a dream and it feels like the person you were dreaming about was really with you, like you can kind of feel, mm -hmm. feel their hug or kind of still smell their perfume or their, you know, the shampoo in their hair or whatnot, most often those were not just regular dreams. They're usually a visitation from the other side. For sure. Um, and it's great to just be able to have that 
connection, um, even if you don't have it when you're awake, um, being able to have that connection to the other side while you're asleep. Yeah, because a lot of people tell me that they're very sad that, like, their mom or their dad hasn't come back to see them since their passing. But then they'll, in the next breath, tell me, but I had this great dream that she and I were walking here and we saw this and we did this, and it felt like we mm-hmm. had actually spent that time together. And then I let them know, you know, like, hey, that is her way of connecting with you. You probably are a little bit more closed off when you're awake, but asleep, you're more open and able to take in that visitation. Yeah, my aunt was kind of like that. Uh, she <laughs> She was really analytical, so she didn't really believe in ghosts, but then would also tell you about an experience she had, and I'd be like, "Uh, I don't know how that works, but she would, you know, tell you, oh, no, ghosts aren't real, like, all stuff like that, Um, and after my grandpa died, my mom said that um, she said he had visited her or she had a dream about him, Um, so we think that he visited her. Um, I don't really know what she thought about it, but, yeah, it's interesting too just like how people can push stuff aside but also deep down kind of know that there was more significance yeah when my when my grandmother passed my my dad physically through the window saw a shadow of a man move past the porch which i believe was my grandfather there to take my grandmother she was getting ready to pass he opened the front door and the way the driveway is, it's kind of a steep driveway. Um, you would have to jump over a fence into a planter and run down the driveway and a, another whole house over to get off the street. So he opened the door to see who was out there, and there was nobody there. So, I mean, there was literally no way that somebody could have been there and gotten away before my dad got the door open and would, would see them. And yet my dad was kind of still like, eh, somebody had to get up there. <laughs> I'm like, but yeah, you, you it's, just it's, had that experience. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when people do that. And I'm sure you see that a lot on the ghost tours, too, when people have an experience. And they're like, oh, but it can be caused by that. Oh, yeah, we've had people, especially, like, uh, men that are trying to be tough, and they're like, nope, I don't, I don't believe that, that there was anything here. Be tugged on. And they are so convinced that somebody did it to mess with them. Until we show them video yeah. ev- evidence that there was nobody behind you and this person was videotaping. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, it's really funny um, the way people try and rationalize things away. That it's like, how were you still trying to like find some thing that is not logical but like tangible that you can really see doing it? And it's like, but you know you had this experience, so just that you did experience a ghost. And I always say, like, it's good to enter any paranormal situation with healthy skepticism because, of course, we don't want to be saying, oh, that's evidence and that's evidence, even though it probably isn't. So it's good to try and debunk it for sure. But when there's no reasonable explanation for it, at some point you have to accept that maybe it was the paranormal. Definitely. I mean, it is really good to try and debunk something first, but when you've literally exhausted all options, I mean, there's still the other option, which is that it was a ghost. Right. Um, And your other book, My Paranormal Life, Growing Up Psychic, what inspired you to initially write this book? So as soon as I decided to go ahead and start 
coming out and being a little bit more vocal and open about my abilities, there were so many questions that were asked, so many questions. And so I said, you know what? I love to write, so I'm going to go ahead and write a book, and then I can answer all the questions that people want to know about, like what it's like to be a, a psychic. And, of course, obviously it's objective, so each psychic is going to experience things differently, but at least they can see how I experience it. And then mm-hmm. the last part of the book is just chapters on historic and haunted locations that I've investigated personally and the experiences that we've had there. Well, I mean, that is really helpful, like I said, for people who are experiencing abilities to have at least something they can refer to to not feel so alone um, going through that. So I think it's great that you wrote this book um, and have another book coming out, too, as you said. I mean, um, I mean, that's incredible. Running ghost tours, doing Reiki, helping people um, with life coaching and writing books um, is a lot. So, I mean, it's amazing all you've done within the field. Yeah, I figured, you know, there's just so many people out there that are probably having experiences that they they don't know how to explain and they don't know who to talk to about it. Book two, um, My Paranormal Life Growing Up Psychic, I'm sorry, My Paranormal Life Ghosts Don't Say Boo, um, was kind of funny because, you know, in movies, ghosts say boo, but really in reality, that's, I've never heard mm-hmm. a ghost say boo. But uh, that book in particular was more of a a book to help people that were experiencing some of what I went through Um, because it goes into what I experienced, uh, the different types of ways that ghosts were communicating with me. Um, Because even sometimes it's just what I call a scratch and sniff ghost where you just smell them. So you know they're there. You smell, you know, either motor oil or the the baked goods or whatnot. Um, And then pictures going through your head. Um, I always teach people and what I'm teaching in the book is, hey, when you have these weird incidences where pictures are popping up in your head and you realize they mean something, journal it. Write down what you saw, so say a Mm -hmm. hummingbird, and what the connection was um, so that later on as you're trying to build your abilities, because many people are trying to do that, you can have a guideline of what those symbols have meant to you in the past. Absolutely. Um, It's so important when you're doing investigations or, you know, figuring out your abilities to really, you know, as you said, write stuff down so you can go back and see the connections or, you know, just kind of develop from there. Yes. And then also just I have a whole chapter on nothing but protection, because obviously if we're going to open lines of communication with the other side, we don't we don't always know what we're letting in. So I have a whole chapter that teaches nothing but how to protect yourself. Definitely. That's super important on investigations too. Is there anything you do before your ghost tours as means of collective protection or is it kind of just whatever the individual feels? So before anybody ever arrives, I already have said my prayers and brought in the intentions on what we're expecting or allowing for the evening. Um, And I also just, picture my group being covered in white light of protection to make sure that they're protected. But I also carry obsidian and black tourmaline on me to also be an extra layer of protection for the group. Well, that's really good to know for everyone who's interested, but maybe a little bit scared about what they could encounter on a ghost tour. 
Um, you go to, like I said, some amazing locations. Um, is there one location in San Diego that you haven't investigated but would love to go to? And also, if you could investigate anywhere in the world, where would you go? Uh, so here in San Diego, I have investigated so many places. I can't think of one here in San Diego that I would like to get into that I haven't yet. But I definitely would love to go to Scotland and investigate some of the castles that are out there. That would be fun. Yeah. They have some amazing history over there. So um, I can definitely see why you'd want to go to Scotland. Um, it's amazing just how old the structures are. It, it, yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, I think on the other side of the spectrum, too, I would love to go to Waverly Sanitarium. I haven't been there yet, and I heard that that place is super intense, and I'm, I'm into the super intense. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, those are some great locations, um, Europe and Waverly. Um, yeah, I mean, those are really cool. Waverly is so notorious within the field, and, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool location. Yeah, I will say probably one of the most interesting places that I've investigated is Cheeseman Park in Colorado. It's in Denver, right in their downtown area. Huge park, but it, it used to be a cemetery. And um, mm -hmm. they just, you know, they exhumed some of the bodies, but a lot of them were left under the ground, and they just kind of moved the headstones. Um, and so all sorts of chaos and with spirits after that because the gentleman that was removing those bodies decided that he was getting paid per coffin so he dismembered some of them and put them in children's coffins so he could get paid more so you can imagine how the spirit oh felt and I felt a connection to it because here in San Diego we have a place called Pioneer Park which is the exact same mm -hmm. situation I mean many people don't realize that if a cemetery goes uncared for for a certain amount of time the city can pretty much do whatever they want with it. So Pioneer Park here, they decided to turn into a park. They put the little article in the newspaper saying, hey, we're going to be removing the headstones and making this a park. If you want your family member, you know, exhumed and moved to Mount Hope, let us know. Well, of course, only one person was exhumed, and she was one of the founding fathers, uh, Juan Bandini's daughter, um, but she was the only one removed. But that area is super wow. active because there was a lot of disrespect with the way they handled the, the headstones afterwards. So um, those type of locations, I think, definitely have interesting spiritual activity just because of the fact that they were put to rest there, and now they can't really, their bodies aren't at rest because they're having, you know, soccer games and concerts and birthday parties and all sorts of stuff, and just their their remembrance has been disturbed and not handled properly. Yeah, that's definitely a lot to go through if uh, you've passed on and that's kind of where you're left to supposedly rest forever. But then there's, like you said, soccer games and stuff and so much activity going on where your body literally is. Yeah, I mean, of course, obviously the spirits don't stay there in the cemetery, but just the disrespect that was shown towards their, you know, their plaques for remembrance is, is what I think stirs up activity in those locations. Yeah. For sure. 
And I know we are coming towards the end of the show, but I want the audience to be able to hear about everything you have coming up. So if you want to let them know about any events, interviews, websites, upcoming book releases, or anything else you would like to mention. Yeah, so uh, keep your eyes on Amazon uh, on, the, uh, sorry, on October so 31st, Halloween. My second book will be coming out, so it will be available for purchase that day. Um, also, we will be having an event at the 10th Avenue Art Center here in San Diego. It is a, a carnival lockdown, so we will be locked down in this very historic, very haunted theater um, for three hours. Um, paranormal investigation, we'll do a mini seance as well as a tour and history lesson on the building. Wow. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like a great event. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. And if you guys are really into um, podcasts, we have a video podcast on YouTube called SD Spooky Adventures with Janine and Michelle, as well as SD Spooky Adventures Ghostly Tales with Janine and Debbie. Uh, one is on Wednesday and the other is on Sunday. Well, everyone, definitely make sure to check those out. And where can people go to contact you for Reiki sessions or anything else? So definitely contact me on Facebook at either Centered Life Holistic or SD Spooky Adventures, and I will go ahead and get back to you. Um, and same with you as well. If you would like a reading from me, uh, go ahead and hit me up after the show, and I will uh, set up a free reading with you. Whoa. Uh, well, thank you so much. And thank you again so much for coming on today. It's been great getting to hear all of your stories and about the amazing locations in San Diego that you get to go to. Um, I mean, that is so cool that you get to investigate and take people along with you on those awesome, you know, just historical tours and paranormal tours. Yeah, it's definitely my dream job. Um, I can never complain about going to work. It's always a different day and uh, different people and a lot of fun. Wow. Well, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on today, and you are always welcome back on in the future, and congratulations again on your upcoming book release. I mean, that is amazing, and yeah, everyone definitely make sure to check her out on Amazon where her books are, and go on her ghost tour, of course. Yes, we would love to see you all. All right, thanks, Janine. Thank you so much. All right, thank we'll talk you. to you soon. We'll thank Fantastic show today, Sophia. Definitely. Janine was such a great guest. I want to thank you all for listening. The show definitely not be possible without all of you, and I will talk to you guys again. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll be reaching out to Janine. Yeah, that, that's totally cool. That was a great, great offer. Thanks, Janine. Yeah, and Janine, it's Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours. So as she said to hauntedsandiegotours.com, the Center Life Medium Janine H. GoDaddy Sites. Com Twitter at Haunted SD Ghost. She mentioned to uh, also uh, check her out on Facebook, direct uh, uh, message her too as well on Facebook, and yeah, she gets right back to you too as well. So we've been you know back and forth arranging and coordinating today's show and everything, and also yeah, book two of my paranormal life, Ghosts Don't Say Boo, that drops this next month in October. So look for the Amazon uh, copy for you. So go to Amazon.com. For Janine Haynes, it's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Coming up, we have paranormal investigator and dark raven photography founder Drew Babineau. That's next weekend, the 7th. Dartmouth film and media professor and Ghost Channel's author Amy Lawrence will be on the 21st. Author and Ghost Adventures producer, lecturer Jeff Belanger, he'll be returning to the show on the 4th of November. Gonyak paranormal investigators Ron Yacovetti and Lourdes Gonzalez return to the show on the 11th of November. 
We have other guests that are securing their guest spots as well, too, so it's going to be an amazing Halloween season of upcoming broadcasts. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. And uh, we'll see you next week with Drew. Hi, this is Debbie from Sion Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.